TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome to the Two Guys at a Mic Show, TalkZone.com. As Mr. Announcer Man already told you, thank you so much for joining us here. Beautiful Monday. We're off and running a brand new week, a new hope, a new week, rather, of hopes and aspirations and dreams coming true for all of you out there. Ah, we're getting a little bit deep and thick, but what the heck. It's the coach of the big dog with you up until 11 o'clock talking sports and more. we got a lot of March madness. We're uh Definitely getting near, well, temperatures were rising. What did we say last week about from 98.6 up to 99.1, up to about 99.6 when we left on Friday. We're still not at full fever pitch. That'll happen probably maybe a day after the brackets are filled out next Sunday. But temperatures are rising, no question about it. We're over 100 degrees. March Madness is hitting in full stride. More conference tournaments today. So we'll definitely get into some hoop talk. We got baseball out there, spring training kicking in. Some interesting things I almost... Fell off my uh, reading chair this morning when I read the lead story for the Chicago Cubs was something about Aramis Ramirez. I want to steal more bases this year. And the first thing I had to do was check the coffee and make sure nobody had thrown some vodka or whiskey in there. And then I had to check my glasses prescription. But but I double-checked and triple-checked that that, in fact, is what it said. Maybe it's, you know, the writers are having a hard time writing a story. But Aramis Ramirez, I want to steal more bases this year. That's not exactly... What the Chicago sports fans want to hear. Maybe it is. The big dog Joe Redwanski, our baseball expert, will wax poetic on that. We got lots of news out there also off the sports page as well. Happy Casimir Pulaski Day to everybody. Yes, here in the, yes, Casimir. Here in the city of Chicago, kids are off of school. Big dog Joe Redwanski, I know you've got blood from um, many a different nation, but part of your very heritage is from Polish General Casimir Pulaski. Happy Casimir, uh, big dog. Uh, thank you very much, Coach. No, he is not along my line. See, I'm of the royal Polish line, Coach. Ah, I apologize. Well, ask you just the regular. And that's why he messed up so often, to be quite <laughs> honest with you. I don't know how of all of the, the great Polish-Americans there have been in the, in the history of this grand country that Kazimierz Pulaski is the guy that we get the day off for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't, can't explain I, it, Coach. I can't, well, either can I, and I don't know how he messed up, but... Uh, they got a day named after him, and the kids get out of school, so he couldn't have messed up that badly. Now, Casimir Pulaski Day is not a nationwide holiday, Big Dog. It is specific to the fine city of Chicago, correct? Yeah, well, I don't believe so, Coach, because I would have to say there is a large population of Polish people that live in Milwaukee also. Yeah, but I would bet if we called the Milwaukee superintendent of schools. They, they wouldn't be in right now because they've decided to run and not negotiate. Take it easy. Take it easy. Don't get political on me, young man. No, I would bet the fine kids of the city of Milwaukee are in school today. I, I think would be surprised, Coach. I think it's a little bit more nationwide than you think. If there's okay. a lot of Polish people there. All right. It all depends on the population demographic. Mm-hmm. All right. Any particular, I know uh, we have females writing in all the time. Even though you say you're in a committed relationship, many of the females still interested. And don't forget a guy named Earl who keeps texting in. But uh, Actually, to be, to be quite honest with you, uh, Earl's a great conversationalist. Coach. He's not bad. 
you know, so, not bad. Uh, you know, that could sway you. I didn't really yeah. think it could. Look, hey, look, looks aren't everything, big dog. No, it isn't. So I definitely <laughs> will have to close my eyes. But uh, is there going to be anywhere you're going to be celebrating tonight where some of our listeners might rub elbows and who knows, maybe other body parts with a big dog, Joe Radwanski? Where are you going to be celebrating Casimir Pulaski Day? Well, well see, the, the, the thing is, Coach, is I have to get a copy of an ID basically copied and sent to Major League Baseball today. But because of Casimir Pulaski, Pulaski Day, Uh-oh. I actually don't have a copy That's of a, a regular Illinois identification card, which the other day when my wallet got nicked, hey. you know, so I was going to actually go, and I need to go get it today and, and mail it, but I just recall that it's Kaiser and Plasky Day, so I will not be able to do this. Oh, boy. Ugh. But oh, least, boy. Major yeah, League Baseball now. That's that's not true because not all government offices are closed. Uh-huh. Like, for example, we're getting mail today, so I would make that phone call before you decide it's not open. Okay. Because okay. it, so it may I, be. I was going to go down. Did you think the state of Illinois building will be open? It's possible. I would call before you make the trip, but it, it's possible because mm-hmm. it's kind of a half holiday. You know what yeah, I mean? Okay. It's, you know, okay. it, it, since it's not a federal holiday, there's a good chance it's uh, going to be open. The voice okay, of reason good. here on our radio show, producer extraordinaire David Olson, and God knows, Joe, with you and me hosting, we need a voice of reason behind the scenes. Somebody has to do it because I'm concentrating on other things, like Aramis Ramirez wanting to steal bases. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that, but you threw out applying for a job for Major League Baseball. Our listeners out there wondering, uh, as a player, coach, general manager, where, what job are you applying for at the MLB level? You know, it's funny that you say general manager because my ultimate goal is to be the general manager of the team that has moved to Brooklyn, coach. <laughs> okay. Eventually it's going to happen in baseball because – this whole small market, big market deal is going on. So when the Tampa Bay Rays move to Brooklyn and are still in the American League East, I'm mm-hmm. going to be the general manager of that team. That is actually my goal, long range. You think there'll be a small market league you know, in 20 years from now? But do it like a, uh, how, how how England does their uh, Premier yeah, League? Exactly. Well, uh, I doubt it, Coach. I doubt okay. it. And then you could have a World Series, and you can imagine the interest, the small market champions taking on the big, powerful, big market champion. It would almost be like the old days of the AFL, taking on the NFL or the ABA champion, taking on the NBA champion. Kind of cool. Well, yeah, that's not how uh, they do it, though. I don't, I don't think, because it would be anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, so I don't think that's how they would get it done. It's basically the, the best teams from the minor league go back up to the major league, and the worst teams in the major leagues get sent down to the minor leagues. Okay. They just keep revolving. Just trying to find Pittsburgh a way to help our uh, trying a way to help our good friends out in Pittsburgh find a way to get the Pirates back on top. How about you know it's you know I was thinking the formula for winning you could really win with a small market not spending that much money mm-hmm. type of team. Yep. You really can do it, coach. So you know I'm I don't see why teams like Pittsburgh and Kansas City can't contend more often. I mean, Minnesota figures out how to do it. So. Well, Kansas City, uh, they do contend for the first month of this year. They always look good coming out of the gate. You know, I, I'm going to say that this year, you know, you're always asking me, what team are we yep. not looking at, Coach? Yep. I'm going to tell you, Kansas City, uh, we're, we're going to need to call up Mark Carmen soon and talk to him because mm-hmm. I think this is finally the year that Kansas City contends in the September. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they've got a lot of good young players, Coach. And they got the veteran Freddie Patek, I think, patrolling shortstop. And Amos Otis can still run out in center field, big dog. Uh, that kid is absolutely <laughs> fabulous, Coach. Don't forget Buddy Biancalana. <laughs> okay. And, and uh, Steve Balboni is clubbing it over at first base for him. 
Buddy Beyond Kalani. Oh, uh, yeah, I, uh, David Letterman had this one thing, uh, a race to see if Buddy Beyond Kalani was going <laughs> to pass Pete Rose for all-time hits. Yeah. And every night they would have, like, you know, Pete Rose, 42, 56, <laughs> and then Buddy Beyond Kalani, 11. <laughs> He was hit like a hundred for that '85 Kansas City team, like for yeah. for like two months. But he was fielding everything, so it was, it was beautiful. That's outstanding. That is outstanding. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Our phone number, Big Dog and a Coach at your service. A lot of March Madness talk out there. We're getting to some basketball for sure. Hope everybody out there had a, a great weekend. We got the Big Dog here with all kinds of. Uh, Sports uh, information to get to, and dog. Let's start it off with a little. Um, well, let's go NBA first because we got to bring up yesterday's game that everybody's talking about. The Chicago Bulls beat the Miami Heat. I don't know if you're watching or not, Big Dub, but that's a three-game sweep over the Miami Heat. This one was at Miami. Pretty impressive. Uh, very impressive, Coach. I didn't get to watch it live because I was slinging vacation time yesterday, working all day long. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Bulls making the Heat cry. This, I mean, I, I can't believe the Heat have been just such a tremendous story all year long. I'm finally going to tip my hat because I was really sick of all the coverage of LeBron and then the Heat. But as it's gone down, you can see constant coverage and critiquing of a team that isn't getting it done, especially when in terms of doing it at clutch time. Mm-hmm. So, like, your manhood is question, Coach. Yep. Will break you down. I mean, now I'm after I've seen this, I mean, we have really seen – we've. I mean, if you pay attention to any type of sports, you're getting the heat thrown in your face constantly. Mm-hmm. So the whole country has followed this story, and it broke. They broke down in the in the locker room yesterday, coaches. And I finally realized how important of a story it is. Yeah, they broke and down a little bit at the uh, at the press conference too. Dwayne Wade was near tears. See, I had a little different reaction to it though, and here's what I worry about as a Chicago Bull fan. You know, everybody. Not everybody. Most people have been rooting against the Miami Heat, all the things that you just alluded to. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, though, as the season develops, the Miami Heat are going to uh, uh, change the mindset, I think, away from the team that's hunted. Now they're going to start to develop this personality of everybody's against us. We're down. Nobody thinks they could do it. All of a sudden, this underdog mentality is going to hit them. And I worry a little bit that once they develop that, Underdog mentality, chip on the shoulder. Now they're not trying to protect on top, but they're trying to fight their way back that they could be more dangerous and maybe the wounded dog will be the most dangerous one. Uh, Coach, quite frankly, uh, I, I disagree with you all the time in terms of, of uh, baseball and football. And it's usually because you don't know what you're talking about, but you know <laughs> basketball. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. And I could agree more with what you're saying. Right now, I, I fear the heat more than ever because – they're, they're lacking some type of like togetherness and, and stick-to-itiveness type deal. But, and you're exactly right. If they're the underdog and they can actually come together, all 12 guys, and actually start playing as a team, oh, my goodness, Coach. They, they really can be great. They could win. They, they are still a championship contender as far as I'm concerned. No, no question. They're not gonna, they won't be graded by how they do in the regular season. They're going to be graded by how they do in May and June, Coach. Well, two things. Number one, I think there's too much ego on that team for them ever to take an underdog mentality. Uh, number two, they've proven all season long they cannot beat the good teams. They just can't do it. And this at this late in the game, I'd be surprised if they could turn that around. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, See, I agree with your first two statements. I'm just not sure I'm with you on number three. Yeah, as much I, I, so. they, they've proven it. They cannot beat the good well, teams. They, but they've they, proven it, it thus far. I mean, when you think about it, now, are you talking just this year or ever, Dave? I'm talking this season. Okay. This team cannot beat 
the elite teams. They can't. But what if they win a couple? What if LeBron James hits a shot to knock off one of the quote-unquote elite team? Couldn't you see their confidence start to build and all of a sudden the bit players start finding their roles a little bit and you know, they could be a – could be. I'm not saying it's going to happen. But they could be a juggernaut before it's over if they start connecting a little bit and maybe get over the hump and win that first big yeah, game. They, they do have what – it's something like they have eight losses in the like where they could have won the game in the final seconds. If they yeah. win four more of those, they have the best record in the in the Eastern Conference right now. So, I mean, they're kind of close. All they have to do is figure out how to close games up with, like, this whole isolation and go away from your offense. And mm-hmm. I mean, don't you, I think you got to get Dwayne Wade the ball. And so they have to worry about LeBron James in the, in the fact that defend LeBron James. I mean, they put Joe Kim Noah on him yesterday, Coach. I mean, how surprised are you to see that? They actually put, they're like, all right, we'll just put our, our biggest and kind of quick guy on LeBron James. Well, that, that, and it, it, that it was, was on a switch. Well. That was off. He was not initially on LeBron off the oh, screen. Okay. Okay. Joe Kim Noah switched on to made a brilliant defensive play. Didn't block the shot, but he changed the shot right before that. Uh-huh. On the other end, the unbelievably active Joe Kim Noah kept the free throw alive when yeah. he tipped the ball to Lou Aldang. So in the last 20 seconds, Joe Kim Noah came up with two hustle plays that helped the Bulls win the game. Yeah, that's uh, Joe Kim Noah is going to be able to open up a restaurant in the city of Chicago. He's amazing, coach. He the more you watch him, he's just. His activity level, his energy, and it's productive. Productive energy is just absolutely amazing. Those two plays, Big Dog, will not show up on any stat sheet. Mm-mm. Zero. Mm-mm. But they help the Chicago Bulls uh, win the game. It's so important the Bulls have a, a good backup uh, center because Joe Kim Noah really can't play 40 minutes a game at the level he plays at. Coach. Mm-hmm. He's going to play 30 minutes a game, but if they're the most critical, the Bulls are going to win. Mm-hmm. It's so important that Ashik ends up being yeah. good. Yeah, it could be a quality backup because if he could play a lot of minutes, it, Noah puts out the energy he does mm-hmm. when he's on the floor. That's ridiculous, Coach. It's such an advantage. Well, I think he's really. proven to be thus far, anyways, a quality backup. Omar Ashik, the fine uh, center from the Turkish national team that the Bulls were smart enough to pick up. By the way, I don't know if you saw the Turkish replay or not, delight. but uh, I thought it was a bad call to give Le- uh, Luol Deng, and I'm a Chicago Bulls fan, but I got to be objective here. That All was right. a cheap call. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Coach. I will agree with you with that. And very few of our Chicago media people are even bringing that up. Very homeristic. Uh, journalism written people and the announcer. I almost expect that from our you know local announcers, but our journalists, at least the one that I've read so far in preparation for the show, Big Dog, as you know, I wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning. I peruse all the local and national media. You, you do that in your, in, your, uh, in your robe, don't you, Coach, in your slippers? Typically. Yeah, I, I don't go slippers. I go nice warm socks instead in the morning. That's just a pain. Slippers are so much easier. Yeah, I'm not a slippers guy. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, I'll, okay. you know, I, I, I've got a couple different outfits that I peruse in. You, you, ru- you ruin the image for me, though. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. I stopped wearing okay. the robe ever since I lost the belt that tied the robe together. I don't know where it is. <laughs> so I still got the robe, but I lost the belt. Well, if, if you don't have the tie... I'm glad I'm not at your house. <laughs> There's some things I don't want to see. But none of the media are even talking about, you know, uh, was it a definite call? They, they barely even mentioned it, but that's what turned the game. I mean, that was the deciding play of the game because off the missed free throw, the Miami Heat gained possession of the ball. Now a tie game, their ball chance to win the game. Instead, Luol Dan gets to shoot two more free throws. That was a uh, the old story of referee should not decide the game. That was a case of the referee deciding the game. Not good. Not good. Not good. All right, eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Any uh, Maybe Chicago Bulls hate the Heat? 
Do you think it's possible? Well, say it again. Maybe the referees hate the heat. No, I don't think that's possible. Okay, just okay. Don't we'll think that's possible. Any of our uh, fans out there, Bulls fans, Heat fans, NBA fans, you want to check in? Big dog and a coach, always right here for you. Triple eight four six three sixty seven forty eight. The phone number, Big Dog. It's hard to get a objective view of this, but I think I'm pretty much correct in that the Chicago Bulls are becoming a bit of a national fan favorite. It's partly Derrick Rose, but it's not all Derrick Rose. I think part of it is the fans are starting to see an NBA team that actually listens to their coach, plays with tremendous energy, actually likes each other, and enjoys sharing the ball. There's something about this Bulls team. And again, we're here in Chicago. It's hard to get a national perspective. But I think the nation, the NBA fans, are are, uh, capturing some love for the Chicago Bull. I'm glad you put that spin on it, Coach, because, you know, maybe I have to work on thinking a little bit more positive because you're exactly right. That's exactly what it is because I was thinking – you know, the favorites to win it right now in the NBA are like the, the Spurs, which aren't, aren't in the category that I'm going to talk about, the Lakers, the Celtics, and the Heat. And mm-hmm. uh, people are sick of the Celtics. There's a, there's a hatred around the country for the Celtics if you're not a Boston fan. And kind of the same thing about the Lakers, too. And nobody wants to see the Heat win. So that's, now that the Bulls are actually a, uh, one of the contenders for the championship, I think people are latched onto the Bulls naturally also. But I like the way you put it. It's because they are likable. These guys get along. They're, they're good teammates. They do what it takes to win the game. They don't care about the stat sheet. And now you look, you know, 60, you know, five games into the season, you look at the stat sheet and you're like, wow, this team's, you know, that's really good. And, you know, mm-hmm. night in, night out, they just do what it takes to win. It's a fun team to watch. They, they almost have a college atmosphere about them, don't they? Oh, yeah, a little bit. And it's funny yeah. you say that because almost everybody on the team, besides like Ashik, you know, play college basketball. Mm-hmm. You know how rare is that? They don't—they're not full of a bunch of high school high schoolers. They actually—they're players, even though some of them are one and done or mm-hmm. two years and done. But uh, Rose, Boozer, Gang, uh, all of them. You know, Joe Kim Noah played four years, won two titles in college. So it's—it's it's cool. You're right. It is a college atmosphere. These guys play like it's college basketball. Mm-hmm. It'll be a long time. Normally, I look forward to March Madness, the college basketball, the the NBA playoffs. I'm never excited about. More than any time, maybe going way back to Michael Jordan, maybe even more so than the later Michael Jordan years because the Bulls were so dominant. I am looking forward to this year's NBA playoffs. I think it's going to be fun to watch and see how our Chicago Bulls uh, compete. By the way, we got an email coming in, Big Dog. Cinemax Cindy wants to know, like we did last year on Casimir Pulaski Day, are you going to play Stump the Pole, our uh, semi-popular trivia game? Yes, Coach. I will play Stump the Pole. No problem. I'll get it done. What are we giving away if somebody stumps me? Not sure. I was, you know, Cinemax Cindy's got a couple of suggestions, but at least two of the three suggestions she has, I can't repeat on the air. Well, that, well, <laughs> definitely not those, Coach, until I actually find out who Cinemax Cindy is. Yes, exactly. You never know. It might be some guy named Roger sitting back in his rocking chair uh, using his Palm Pilot. But, uh, well, real quick, Big Dog, again, in honor of Casimir Pulaski Day, fine Polish general celebrating here in the city of Chicago. Describe for our new listeners, and as you know, we got new listeners jumping on board every day. Uh, quite simply, <laughs> give me a sports question. Ask any sports question that has occurred after 1980. This is Stump the Pole. And I will get that answer correctly answered for you. Okay, and, and Coach, you're the you're the, the, the judge on whether or not it's – oh, we'll have David Olson. He's the voice yes, of reason. Yes, yes. On whether mean. it's uh, – Actually, like a legitimate yeah. question or not that 
somebody you, should know. You scared me for about four seconds when you said I'm the judge because that um, I'm glad you went back to the voice of reason. No, I thought about your the, the way yes. that you referee and it, yep. it irks me. Yep. You 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 decide. You play God when you're a referee. You decide right, I got one for you. Situation determines a, a, a foul or not, and whether or not it is a foul. Or I not. got one for you. I got. And let me, I might have brought this up on Friday's show. Stop me if I did. But uh, high school regional championship game. Okay. Bartlett against South Alton. Neither one powerhouse team, but they were playing for the regional championship. The Bartlett team. Well, the gym must have been rocking up there, coach. <laughs> No, there's well, those are yeah. pretty close schools. Yeah. You know, that's, so that's I mean these, these okay. guys probably know each other and have played I, against each other. I thought you were being sarcastic about the fine young what kids are you from Bartlett. But I love March Madness okay. in Illinois, baby. Yeah, and that's not far from your neighborhood, actually. No, not at all. Just yeah. right up fifty nine. All right, so yeah. Bartlett's leading by a point. Okay, and they are inbounding the ball underneath uh, the other team's basket, so they have to go the other end. And obviously, the team that is down South Elgin, full court pressing, man on the ball. Four of seconds course. left. Okay. Barlett's ahead by a point. They throw the ball to half court. The ball's tipped, tipped, tipped. Their own guy recovers the ball, covers up with two hands, curls his body. The referee calls the foul. Everybody starts to celebrate. The players on the bench run on the floor to celebrate. The only problem is there's still a few ticks left on the clock. Now, ball. Uh, it was a foul. Dead ball situation. Kids got excited. They ran on the floor before the end of the clock. The referee, and you know which way I'm going to go on this, the referee teed up the Bartlett team, gave South Elgin two free throws on the other end. They hit their two free throws and win the game. What would you do? You say, I play God. I would play God in this situation. What about you? Uh, quite simply, Coach, I was on the field, forced to fumble on the last play of a game against Glenbard West. Don't take things personal. No, no, this is the truth. Their team comes on the field. Our team comes on the field. Okay. Two minutes later, Kevin Zhang, who is down the field, like trying to get him because they were on their own 31. There's no time on the clock. Is told by an official, you know, the ball is still live. Walks through the crowd of people. We're shaking hands, coach, with Glenbard West. Guy picks the ball up. That's, runs the other end of the field and scores. You've described that before. That's such a bizarre, bizarre situation, but it's different. I know that these kids are right on the field. They're not supposed to. All year long, you're told, do not leave the bench. I'm sorry, yes, Coach. that's correct. I'm really sorry. It's a technical foul. You're, you have to know the situation of the game. Uh-huh. You do not run onto the court unless until the game is over with. I'm sorry. We, the, 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 the referee made the right call. Well, I completely disagree with you. Any listeners that would like to take sides, myself, Joel's, or anywhere in between, we had any... Uh, regular officials, wannabe officials, dial it up, 888-463-6748. Big Dog was a dead ball situation. The foul had been called. The kids running under the floor had absolutely no effect on the play. A good referee, my opinion, good referee has a smile on his face and doesn't take things too serious and, and tells the kids back to the bench, guys, back to the bench. Let Spartlett shoot his free throws with a second left and let the right team win the game. You don't take youthful exuberance. Just because they made a mistake, everything you said is right. The, the coaches teach the players, no, they're not supposed to do that, yada, yada, yada. You're correct, but they did. It was youthful exuberance. It had no effect on the play, no effect on the game. Why would you take a game that has been rightfully won and take it away from them when you could make a correctable error when there was no advantage game? It's only a basketball game, Coach. I tried telling that to the Bartlett game. team that lost a regional championship. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a life lesson for them. 
Oh, that's something, a bunch of crap. That's a bunch of crap. Don't give me that life. Taken from you if you don't do it the right don't way. Don't give me that life lesson. I'll give you a, a lot of yeah. arguments I can buy. The, the whole life lesson crap is so overrated. Not a really? life. <laughs> no, it's not. The, the, the no, only life no, lesson. The, 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 the win and loss of the game is overrated too. What's the big deal? Yeah, those kids lost, and they lost because of a rule in the book. A correctable rule. Uh, it's, it's, it's funny because I, I don't think it's that big of a deal to win or loss. For those kids. Oh, Honestly, I'm not that worried about it. You play all not season long. This it. is the state tournament. One and done. Even in a regular yeah. season game, yeah, it I would know. be. Huh? Yeah, one, I understand that, Coach. It's one and done. One team moves on, the other doesn't. One team moved on because of a rule. What yeah, would bother that's you? exactly why they moved on. If you were up in the, the game of basketball. Uh, if you were up in the stands, what, what would bother you if the referee did as I would have done? Raised his hand up. Blowing the whistle, a little bit of smile on his face, a little bit of humor to diffuse a awkward situation and just wave the guys with your other hand back to the bench. You kind of talk to the coaches a little bit. If the South Elgin coach is yelling and screaming for a technical to me, that would be Bush League. I know if I were coaching, I would not want a tee called on the other team's bench. Uh, well, I would just be like, well, that, that, that referee just gave a game to the other team. Oh, that's a bunch of crap. No, I would say that he, he should have made the call. He didn't make it. That's fine. You move on. It's only win or loss. That would be the story of the game. I could. Uh, it wouldn't bother me. I wouldn't. It's not like I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. I would just know that that team, right. like an official, made a decision. I, I'm saying all I'm saying, coach, is I, we we both. I don't know. It's, you would think that I would be the one that would care about the win or loss because of what my argument is. But mm-hmm. I, my point is, I don't think the win or loss is that big of a deal. There's rules. You I, follow the rules. Otherwise, I, you wouldn't have them in the game. Well, that's not true either. You you, you don't you don't follow the rules to a T because you can run into mistakes there too. You have to know when to apply rules. So yes, you have to have rules to follow. But the best officials, the ones who conduct the best game, are the ones who know how to apply uh, the rules. And again, it all goes back. And good referees will tell you this: advantage, disadvantage. So you you can you can be no, a no, letter. Coach, of the- I agree with you in terms of the actual play of the game, but stuff like, especially with this incident with the high school kid up in Western Michigan. Okay, I mean, you really got to kids have to stay on the bench. They're supposed what? to stay on the bench. What happened up in Western Michigan? The well, they don't know if it's from the fall or not, but the kid, the high school basketball player that died. Oh, after the yes. fan, everybody ran onto the court. After he hit the yeah. game winning shot. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was in the. It turned out he had a uh, enlarged heart. And I'm not trying right? to win an argument by that at all. So yeah, right. you can see he was just too. So it was it had uh, nothing to do with the fall or anything. No, I mean that's a completely separate subject. But that was just an unbelievable story. They win a huge game. He makes the game winning layup, and in the celebration, down he goes and uh, never regained consciousness and died. I mean that is wow. A cardiac arrest, which wow. is basically, it means your heart just stopped. Yep. It isn't like a heart attack where a part of your heart isn't working anymore, mm-hmm. and you're still getting blood, not high enough, but you're getting blood to the rest of you, but you get no blood. You're, you just stop, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. It's like, you legitimately have to get your heart restarted within, uh, like, two to three minutes to not suffer any long-range repercussions mm-hmm. in that situation. That's how serious it was, and obviously, you know, that. They weren't, and the kid passed away. So I remember, um, and he had an enlarged heart. I remember your ex-wife telling me not soon after the breakup that uh, Joel's got many health problems. One thing she did not worry about with you is having an enlarged heart. 
<laughs> All right, we, we got on this because I was going to be the judge for something. Paul. You know how you touch that nerve in me, and that, that nerve is a very sensitive one when it comes to calls like that. But back to Stump the Pole. So any question after the 1980s? Well, actually, it could be before. If we actually do have somebody who legitimately can be like, oh, that's a real question. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I don't okay. need to. Like, if you ask me who the shortstop was on a certain team, I'll get that. But don't ask me, like, who hit a home run on May 17th off of mm-hmm. Jim Cott in 1974. Okay. All right. 888-463-6748. Joel's knowledge of uh, sports trivia and sports paraphernalia, if you will, is absolutely amazing, folks. He has won a couple of national tournaments, et cetera. So we will... Um, We'll test him. We'll stump the pole. 888-463-6748, the phone number. David Olson's telling me we got to take a break. We will take that. We'll get some questions, and we got to get heavy, deep, deep, deep into a little March Madness talk when we come back. Big Dog and the Coach at your service up to 11 o'clock. For your calls on Two Guys and a Mic, call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Big dog, Confucius thought for the day. Confucius thought for the day. When tempted to fight fire with fire, remember that the fire department usually uses water to fight a fire. Thank you very much. That, that's nice, Coach. That was really beautiful. It's pretty heavy. Thank you very much. Con- I mean, that, that, yeah, on so many levels. Yeah, exactly. Confucius thought for the day. Uh, Sometimes all right. I use foam, though. What's that? Sometimes I use foam. Well, that complicates the matter. Okay. Let's not bring modern technology into it. A couple of sample questions for Stump the Poll. Anybody watching uh, VR video telecast can see that me and the big dog not able to communicate during the break, so I was not... Not leading him with any uh, questions. He has no idea what I'm going to ask him. But just a couple of for instances. How about the turn of the century, uh, year 2000? Year 2000, who were the NBA champs, Major League Baseball, World Series contestants? Oh, Major League Baseball, that was the the Subway Series of uh, the New York Yankees beating the Mets, coach, in six games. Wow. Mets Mets were really good that year. And uh, local... uh, Local legend Robin Ventura was playing third base for the Mets, and he was awesome. Okay. But, yeah, the, the, that was also the year that Roger Clemens threw the broken bat at Mike Piazza. That was that long ago? That was that World Series, I Coach. feel like it was only yesterday. <laughs> good times. Good good memories. Good times. Yes, yeah, good times to be had by all. Yeah. Uh, how about NBA champ at the turn of the century? Oh, uh, that year that was uh, the 
Los Angeles Lakers, and that was the beginning of their repeat, their first championship under Phil Jackson, coach. Yeah. Now that you know that we can pass that off as pretty simple, and for just the fact that you're able to come up with that off the spot is mind-boggling to me. It doesn't take a lot to boggle my mind, by the way. But I'm just—I mean, if you told me right now, boom, who played in last year's World Series, it would probably take me 30 seconds to get my head collected. Uh, well, last year was a really good World Series. It was the Giants right, versus yeah. the Rangers, but you know, know, obviously that was last year. Yeah. That shouldn't be too difficult. But my point anyway, is, well, and, and hopefully those people in those towns remember that because they're not going back to the World Series this year either. Ooh, Even though Buster yes. Posey, yes, so Buster Posey is possibly the next great player of our generation, so he he might be a guy to keep an eye on, like his whole career. Yeah, you know what I mean. We had a lot of Texas Ranger fans uh, email and text in after the show yesterday, not happy with your analysis. Or they called it your anal. This is of the Why, Texas Rangers 2011. I do like the young pitchers they have, Coach. But to get rid of Vladimir Guerrero when you have Josh Hamilton, you need to put Guerrero behind him all day long and let Hamilton hit 350 and hit 30 home runs every season. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, you need to protect Josh Hamilton when you have a hitter like that. You can't let somebody like Guerrero get away. Stump the poll, 888-463-6748. For instance, your favorite team, the Chicago Cubs, Big Dog. I'm just going to throw out a year. 2006. Uh-huh. What was their primary starting rotation in 2006? Well, uh, that was also the year that uh, they finally got uh, Dusty Baker fired, Coach. It was not a very good rotation. Carlos Zambrano obviously was was their uh, number one pitcher. That, that was an ugly, ugly year. Ryan Dempster was still in the bullpen. uh Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor were still part of the organization. Okay. They were in and out. You know, Kerry Wood came back as a reliever that season. Um, they had a couple bumps. Glendon Rush. Glendon Roosh. No, Glendon Roosh. Roosh. Forgot about him. It just it, it, it amazes me. How do you, like, decipher that year from 2007 and 2005? How are you able to, like, quickly... Quickly so 2006 put... was, a, was a good year for me. Cubs started out pretty hot that year, and the next thing you know, they, they crumble. Uh, Derek, Derek Lee got his wrist broken by Rafael Forcal at the beginning of the season. As a matter of fact, it was tax day, April 15th. It was also the day that, uh, that uh, my best friend, uh, Sonny Nuccio, his father died. Oh, boy. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like every time anybody, oh, Derek Lee's broken wrist, the first thing I think about is, uh, uh, my my buddy uh, Sal Nuccio, you know Sal Nuccio the second dying, so mm. it's kind of strange, you know what I mean? Other people, oh, that really was horrible. I was like, yeah, that was a horrible day for me. I, mm-hmm. I totally remember. So stuff like that, coach. Yeah, Con- like, well, connecting us, I can tie in. Uh, that I mean, that I understand. Connecting a sporting event to a significant event, but uh, just your 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 ability to pull out some of this stuff on the spot without much provocation absolutely amazes me. Maybe I'm a party of one, but uh, you want to test the big dog? That's a sampling of some of the incredible minutia inside the big dog's rather enlarged cranium. Feel free to give us a call eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. You want to stump the poll via email? It's not quite as personal, big dog. I know you prefer to be touched. On a more personal basis on Stump the Pole, but, you know, email can do it to it. Mike, too. It depends on what version of that game I'm playing, Coach. Well, there are different versions. Yeah. Depends. The home version that you have to actually buy online. Yes. Much more fun. Absolutely. You have to be 18 or older. I think it's video interactive now, isn't it? Uh, no, my, I, I will not open. <laughs> I, I still have a piece of tape over my webcam because yep. I'm afraid they might find out what I'm doing. Yeah. No. You actually, uh, when you went to the adult version, you didn't like the name Stump the Pole. No, I did not. <laughs> I think it portrayed the wrong image.
At least the, well, maybe uh, not the wrong image, but not the one that I wanted to portray. Moving right along. <laughs> moving right along. Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. The phone number, big dog and a coach. March Madness dog. I know March Madness is hit. My temperature above 100 degrees now because I am looking forward tonight to coming home and watching Woofer take on the College of Charleston for the uh, Southern Conference Championship. Old Dominion against Virginia Commonwealth for the Colonial Championship. Winners go dancing. It's tournament time. I'm excited. Will you be watching Woofer tonight? Uh, between those two games, even though t- the better basketball will be between uh... – Virginia Commonwealth and Old Dominion. Mm-hmm. I will definitely be watching the College of Charleston take on Wolford because the loser Wolford. isn't getting in, Coach. And so that game is more of like win and you're out. Oh, they win and you're in, or cause if you don't win, you're out. Because Why? Old Dominion and Virginia Commonwealth are both in. They better both be in, Coach. Ah, you know I... that okay. so that just takes a little tiny bit off of that game, but yeah. still, it's a conference championship. They get to hang a banner in their gym, so it's mm-hmm. still. I mean, I would rather win than not win. I was not aware those two teams are as strong as they um, were. How about the West Coast uh, Championship game, St. Mary's against Gonzaga? Is that a win and you're in, or are both teams going to be in? Well, to be honest with you, Coach, they better you better win that one because it's not a guaranteed two-team conference this year like it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. So I still think the loser, especially if it's St. Mary's, will get in, but it's not for sure, so you better play like you're playing for your tournament life because you might be, especially mm-hmm. if there's a, a couple upsets on two-team or multiple-team uh, conferences, Coach. Other shows have uh, bracketologists. We're here, and the two guys at a mic show have bubbleologists. Joel Radwanski, who can analyze bubble teams, and 88.6% of the time tell you, whether that bubble will burst or will that... I'm 99% of the time, if mm-hmm. I actually watch Joe Lenardi on ESPN beforehand, I will admit, Coach, <laughs> I'm good at it. Because, you know, I do try to watch some college basketball, especially when I have some time. Uh-huh. But, well, uh, I'm gonna I, give... I have to admit, any I, I get a lot of my info from him. That man is spot-on accurate. You're in, you're out. Yeah, so. enjoy listening to him, no question about it. I always love his work. What's his name again? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> What if I'm going to give you your first bubbleologist question of the day? First of all, the Missouri Valley Conference Championship, great tournament, uh, three, four day tournament championship game yesterday. Indiana State knocks off Missouri State. That's the old Southwest Missouri State, uh, to win the MVC tournament. Indiana State is in the Sycamores are dancing. But the question for you, Mr. Bubbleologist, Missouri State, 25 and eight, pretty damn good season, regular season champs. Of the MVC, bubbleologist Joel Radwanski, Missouri State, in, out, or hanging? They are definitely in, Coach. It'll Woo-hoo! take like six wow. really big upsets in tournaments uh, where people, other, you know, multiple uh, multiple team turn like uh, what do you call it, standings in order to get in. So yeah, they're in. Because I was going to ask you, like, a Michigan State at seventeen and eleven versus so a Missouri State thirteen. Huh? 17 and 13, coach. All right, versus a Missouri State at 25 and 8. Is there a chance, based on reputation and strength of schedule, that Michigan State could get in over a team like Missouri State? I think Michigan State's going to get in, but I think, uh, without a doubt, I, I think they deserve it, and I think they're also going to get more uh, recognition mm-hmm. than uh, Michigan State for their season so far. So uh I would say Missouri State's actually a stronger case to get in than Michigan State is at this point, mm-hmm. even in the not only our eyes coach, but also in the selection committee's eyes. Okay. Solid. 
solid, solid info from Bubbleologist. He'll be with us for the next couple of weeks over the long storied course that is the March Badness route. Uh, so big conference championship games tonight. Very exciting. I haven't seen most of these teams play. Can you give us uh, some potential winners? Uh, College of Charleston, a very traditional program. Are they the favorite over at Wolford? Yeah, Wolford's got the great uh, FCS uh, football team coach that, okay. that, that contends for the national championship year in, year out. Who could forget him? Yeah, and they also have a pretty decent college baseball team, so I'm just going to have to go with them over College of Charleston. Really? Because every time... I mean, what do they teach here? Dancing? College of Charleston? Ah, they can play some hoops. Don't kid yourself. I've seen some very good College of Charleston teams, and the uh, city of Charleston is a big basketball hotbed. Yeah, the, 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 actually, yeah, there's a lot of uh, North Carolina basketball players around the world. There yep. really is, Coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's a hotbed for high school basketball. No question about it. Old mm-hmm. Dominion taking on Virginia Commonwealth. Is there a favorite there or uh, any big dog picks in that game? Um, well, uh, uh, VCU is the better team, Coach. Okay. But in tournaments, when teams play three games in a row, there's a lot of upsets in that situation. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with, uh, I'm gonna go with Old Dominion in that okay. game. All right. But you're ba- basically saying even if Virginia Commonwealth loses, they will still be in the tournament. We might see yeah. both those teams. All right. No, yeah, Old Dominion though, if they lose, they could be, they could be on the bubble. They're more, definitely more likely on the bubble of the two teams. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll be watching. I know that six o'clock ESPN tonight, two straight games. I'll have the uh, VCR set from about five thirty all the way up to eleven o'clock. I won't watch the game in entirety, but what I'll be catching. What you need catch- to do is tape them just the ends of the game. Well, yeah, that's, that's what you need to do, Coach. Yeah, I like I like to get a little build up. I like you know I I need a little a little loving before the uh, the ultimate extravaganza, big dog. I can't not unlike you. I can't just tune in the last two minutes and get excited. I need a little loving beforehand. Gotcha. You know, it, it's funny, Coach, that you said that because if I do watch <laughs> the introduction yes. of a basketball game, even if I have, don't know the team, yep. all of a sudden I feel personally you know, involved in this, and I end up watching the whole game. Interesting you say that because I agree with you. As many years I've been going to basketball game, that's about 45, I still, uh-huh. I still, even if I don't know the teams, I get a chill. With the starting of the game, player introductions. Uh, yeah, my whole life, I was always yep. there. I loved it. Like I remember watching the Illinois games. And, mm-hmm. You know that, that that was like I remember them running on the court and shaking hands with the opposite guy that they were just introduced because that's how they do it in college. Oh, mm-hmm. I love. They shake hands and go. Beautiful. It's one of the best traditions in sports. I mm-hmm. think. I had a. Uh, I'm not going to mention, but a family member who uh, played high school varsity this year worked his way up through his career. As a senior, he was expected to be uh, the starter. Got caught, big dog, at a party, uh, not drunk or anything, but, you know, with the dreaded cup of beer in a hand. Uh-huh. Okay. Got caught, name got reported, and he had a whole bunch of things he had to do, a little community service, write a paper, got suspended for the first seven games of the basketball season, can't be captain of the baseball team. He was a head of one of the service organizations in school. He lost that honor. So a lot of negative things because of one stupid cup of beer in his hand. But when I look back at it, I think the word, and I don't know if he'll say this, but Maybe the the worst thing of the whole bunch was losing the chance to run out and have his name announced in the starting lineups for his basketball team. Because he yeah. never he played a lot, but he never regained that starting spot. That's and, too bad. And that's something that's something that uh, you know it's once in a lifetime, and not many of us get to experience. Yeah, getting introduced before games is always a, a big thrill, Coach. I love it. Very very you know, cool. The, 
the only problem is like, you know, a lot of times I was the guy who would run through the hoop and break the paper. Yes. You know what I mean? Dolorowski started a strong side. Yeah. Well, I'm not kidding. Before the Oak Park game, coach. <laughs> yeah. I was so fired up for the Oak Park game. I mean, legitimately, like this would be my, this is my junior year. So I'm the one that's introducing onto the field. I go flying through the, and they, we were playing tank corner. He was five foot two, 200. And uh, 10 pounds, and I'm not joking, I'm not making it up. He's the all-time leading rusher in the history of collegiate football. He played at NAI. What was his name? Lehman Corner. Okay. But his nickname was Tank, and he was 5'2", 210, 215 pounds. I'm fired up because I'm like, i got to bring it really hard to tackle this. Coach, I go through, I hit that paper like I was hitting that Lehman Corner. (laughs) Well, paper gives a lot easier than a 5'2", 215-pound running back named Tank. Uh I went right through this. And my feet went over my head as I explode through a piece of paper, okay, a gigantic piece of paper. I slide on my face mask for about five yards with my heels over my head. I took out, like, about three and a half yards of grass in a a single strip. guy behind me almost tripped over me going, I got it. Honestly, Coach, I I still have people talk about that to this day that we're in the crowd. They're like, I've never seen anything like that. If there would have been YouTube back then, how many hits would that have gotten? It got over a million, Coach. Seriously. I mean, because it was really quick. If you, if you could have just played the 10 seconds yeah. of me going right through and then the, the almost the pile up that happens afterwards, yeah. you can see there was like a couple of my friends who were like cheerleaders. They were there and they they just turned their head. And they're just like, oh my God. And it, so the video is pretty funny. I have no uh, idea where it's at right now. And I bet you heard about it over and over and over again. You probably still do from your friends. Oh, oh yeah, it's bad. It's yeah. bad. It, and you know, the, the funny thing is, Coach, is later on in the game, I was uh, there was I was coming back to to talk to my coach about what penalty we we should accept or decline the penalty. Right. And while I was running over to him, my like my leg came out and I kind of almost fell down when I was running back to him. And I heard the whole crowd erupt again, like in laughter. <laughs> <laughs> my home my home team is laughing at me as I'm going out of the field. It was not good, coach. Memories, oh the memories, <laughs> or memories, oh the memories. Uh, all right, let's continue on in college basketball real quick. And again, March Madness fans, you want to check in, pick the brain of bubbleologist Joel Radwanski, or God forbid, ask me a question, feel free to do so. 888-463-6748, the phone number on a more, uh, larger scale big dog with some of the major teams. Uh, well, first of all, we got to mention ACC championship game Saturday night, North Carolina all over Duke. They win the ACC. And I got to tell you, big dog, I watch this game. This this might shock you, but North Carolina right now might be the best team in the country. Maybe Ohio State, but Carolina right now is good as any team in the country with the possible exception of the Buckeye. Yeah, I, I was going to tell you to simmer down a little bit, Coach. All right. Simmer down. North Carolina, the way they played against Duke, you were right. They played that game as well as any team in the country could have played it. They played at a ridiculously elite level, efficient basketball tough nose basketball. But come on, they haven't done it all year long. It's, it's been a recent development. And maybe they're well, doing the old finally peaking and gelling at the right point. Mm-hmm. It's going to have to prove it to me. Uh, yeah. it, but you possibly could be right, Coach. But, but I, I'm not willing to jump on board that they're, that they're at that level because they've only been at it for about five games now. Yeah, I was going to say, when you say recent, not recent as in a week or two, but recent as in about five weeks. I think it's been longer than five games. Really, it started when they got a, a rid of a couple of the bad apples. Their starting point guard, Larry Drew, out-transferred. Yeah, Another forward 
Yeah. Once they got rid of him, once in the announcer, I think, put it in beautiful words, once they gave the keys to the car to the freshman point guard, Kendall Marshall, who is my new favorite player in college basketball, that's when things started to change. I'll tell you what, this kid is unbelievable, and the team's got great depth. The freshman superstar, Harrison Barnes, who was like Ohio State's Jared Sullinger, no longer yeah. is the pressure on him to be the star. He's now sort of like Lou Aldeck. He has now become a complimentary player, and in that role, uh, Harrison Barnes, who came in with all that notoriety, he is flourishing. But I'm telling you, dog, this team looks all – you might be right. Maybe I'm getting caught up well, in the no, whole no, Saturday no, night no, thing, but they're good. Ago, when they, and I'm going to have to agree with you on that because it was, two, it was two months ago when all those moves happened. Yep. But I think they're finally hitting their stride like, wow. And, and that – you know, with the Barnes kid coach, honestly, it doesn't mean he still can't be top dog. But when you're a freshman, all of a sudden you have the, yes. the weight of North Carolina basketball on your shoulders. It's not it's, it's not a, a, an expectation that many people are going to live up to. It doesn't, you know, who knows? And next year he could be like the best player in the country. Yeah, I mean I, I, that could happen. Yep. All right. So we had that one, and congrats to North Carolina ACC regular season champions. How about Notre Dame over the Big East? They didn't win the Big East championship, but Notre Dame, Connecticut, Saturday afternoon, great game. It was at Connecticut. Big Dog Player of the Year Ben Hansborough fouls out of the game with ten minutes left, and Notre Dame still finds a way to win the game. This has been a dream season for the Irish and the slightly odd head coach, Mike Bray. A big win because, uh, let's face it, they've been dominant at home and and good on the road. So I, I think uh, just uh, just to build a little bit more confidence and, and know that when you're playing on neutral sites against great teams that you can get it done, with, even if you're not playing it at home, mm-hmm. big win for Notre Dame. Huge win. You find Mike Bray, the head coach, I don't know how to describe it, but some, I'm just, I just feel a little odd when I watch him. A little awkward, you know a little uneasy. He seems, he seems like he doesn't know what's going on. Like when he interview, he kind of seems spacey. Like he has, uh, if, he doesn't seem like the sharpest guy when you're watching him in an interview, and then mm-hmm. you just see that he always gets stuff done. But he is one of the, he's the sharpest guy in the room. He is a Shashevsky uh, disciple, you know. Sat I did the, not know that. Yeah, oh yeah, he sat on the, uh, you know, one of those what's about eleven chairs. They, that sit next to Mike Shashevsky, where they got like 12 assistant coaches. But yeah, Mike Bray is um, one of Coach K's guys. Nobody has more assistant coaches than Bruce Weber of Illinois. He's got seven <laughs> rows. It's like seven rows back there. Yeah. Sure. yeah based on the way the team's playing. They all got the suits on. They don't move. Yeah, yeah it's a sad, uh, it's a sad well, case. Well, based on the way the team is playing, the one assistant coach they need is the quality control guy. They need to hire that guy. Thank I love the quality much. control guy. How about Ohio well, State? Hired me for that, coach. I'm I'm a little disappointed. You would be good at that. Ohio State knocking off Wisconsin yesterday. Statement game for the Buckeyes. They are your number one team going into the uh, March Madness. I would think we still got the tournament time to come, but Ohio State all over Wisconsin. John Debor hit seven more three pointers. Big deal. The Buckeyes, um, impressive in beating a very good Wisconsin team. Not so if you saw that game or not. Um, I did not, but. I did see the highlights of Ohio State reigning 14 out of 15 three-point wow. shots. It's an NCAA record percentage for any team that took 10 or more attempts. They took 15 and hit 14 again. That's 93 and a third. Unbelievable, Coach. That is amazing. John Debor actually had to apologize to the team. Yeah, because <laughs> he missed one. He was 7 of 8, which he should be. 87.5%. Yeah. Come on bringing the team down. And he had to apologize for ruining what would have been a perfect record. John Debor, um, probably with his performance the last week of the season, moving up to, what would you say, Big third team, all Big Ten? Maybe second team? 
Yeah, coach, he he deserves it because if you're talking you're talking guards, you're talking Jordan Taylor, Taylor Battle. Yep. Definitely, uh, that's the first team guard. Juwan Johnson, Etwan Moore, Sullinger, Taylor, Battle. We're missing one other guy that are there's six contenders. Oh, and John Lure from Wisconsin. Yeah. Okay. I don't know oh, which yeah, which of the, I don't know which of those six do not make it, but there's your top six players in the Big Ten. At any rate, uh, had some big game regular season games, not tournament games over the weekend as well. By the way, interesting note I saw. Don't know if you saw it or Big Dog. I was shocked to see this one. Bradley, the Bradley Braves have fired head coach Jimmy Les. That one really caught me by surprise. Yes, uh, maybe. I mean, a quality quality coach. They better have somebody. Be careful what you wish for. Oh, you want Jim Les out? Who are you going to get to replace him? Are you going to get somebody better than Jim Les? Has to be more than just performance. I, I agree. I if, totally agree. So you better be careful what you wish for yeah. because Jim Les is a heck of a basketball yeah, coach. Yeah, I agree. And then the Bradley teams, you know, a little bit off this year, but they lost their, their head and shoulders. Sam Maniscalco, they're a junior, senior, I forget which he is, but he's their veteran guard, the guy who handles the ball, also their leading scorer. He's out for the season. It affected the team, but prior to that, Bradley had, you know, had pretty successful years, so it may be something behind the scenes. No, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Because like the situation you brought up with Chris Lowry, you know what I mean? Like, yes. what Southern Illinois did. I'm really surprised that Bradley did. The Southern Illinois didn't have anywhere near as poor of a uh, of the last couple of years as Bradley has. It's been two or three years. Uh, the worst thing that happened to Bradley was that Patrick O'Brien left early. Because if he would have stayed coach, yeah. first of all, maybe he would have shot had a shot at the NBA, and I think he really could have helped that team. Move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is he now? I think he's in Mozambique as a backup. <laughs> Don't knock Mozambique basketball. Oh, that, that's a heck of a league, Coach. The it's, cooking is delicious. It is okay, not just, bad. And, um, you know, Mozambique is, for many years, they've been down. But uh, watch out. They're on the rise, and Patrick O'Brien is part of that Mozambique uh, uh, rise to the top. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was one of those guys that nobody heard of, and then he had a great tournament time a great march badness and he became one of the stars of march and it's one of the fun things about watching the games you remember the saint mary's team last year just to bring out a team for example i forget who their big guy was omar their guard that your that your that your son told us about watch the guard that he saw like the first week of the for season saint- and the kid was unbelievable yeah, yeah and, then, it was, and their big guy was like omar sharif Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah, but it's exactly. it's guys like that. We'll look forward to it again this year. Players and teams that we've never heard of that will catch the imagination as part of the uh, the joy and the fun of March Madness. By the way, a little kudos to the Big Ten Women's Champions, Big Dog, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Won the Women's Big Ten Tournament over Penn State. Nicely done. What a, what a school year for Ohio State. Uh, a a foot, Big Ten co-championship in football, mm-hmm. ba- men's basketball, men women's basketball. Those are, those are some pretty cool banners to be hanging up for Ohio State this year. Good mm-hmm. year for the Buckeyes. No question about it. Penn State won the uh, wrestling championship, by the way. Congrats to them at Walsh Ryan Arena. Big Dog, we mentioned the start of the show real quick, about a minute on baseball, but uh, the, the lead story for the Cubs from yesterday was Aramis Ramirez talking to the coach, talking to the media, saying he wants the green light to steal more bases this year. I was quite confused. Help me out on that one. Okay, well, how about this, Aramis Ramirez? Let's Forget about the stolen bases. If you want to run, how about do that from the batter's box to first base when you hit ground balls? And I'm not kidding, Coach. That dude dogs it more than any player that we've ever seen on the Chicago Cubs. I have seen him loaf to first base more than anyone ever. And you know I watched that, Coach. That is one of the prime things I watch. He's horrible. 
So if you're going to run, why don't you do it? You, do you understand where I'm coming from? I can kill us how many stolen bases you have. Uh, I don't want you hitting in the double plays. That's that right there. That response, Big Dog, is why we love you and what makes the two guys at a mic show so special. That That's beautiful. You nailed it. I don't think any other Chicago media people came up with that, but you're right. That's the perfect response. The guy wants to steal more bases. Well, first, run hard to first base. Yes, yes. You know, that's the whole thing. You can't steal first base, but you can't yeah. hustle when you hit the ball. Yeah. Okay, that's enough said on Ramos Simmons. I will say this. He is a good situational hitter. Yes. But he loafs. It, 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 it drives me crazy. He's smart enough to realize with two strikes and a runner at t- second yep. and two outs, Get the bat on the ball because that's a run out there. He does that, Coach. He really yeah. does. He is the rare power hitter, especially here in Chicago, where it uh, has a decent eye and is willing to lay off the bad pitches. And you're right, sacrifice a little power with two strikes, no question about it. Yeah, and, and so is he smart enough to do that? Why isn't he smart enough to sprint to first base? Can't help you. Okay. Can't help you. But, uh, Big Dome, we got to ramp up today's show again. Happy Kazmir Pulaski Day out there. I don't know if you want to say hello to any of your Polish brethren out there, but uh, a happy Kazmir Big Dome to you and yours. and. Please keep your hands off mine. Coach, that wasn't my hand. That's not my thigh. <laughs> All right, dog, we'll talk to you tomorrow, okay? He's out. All right. David Olson, our producer, great job. Thank you so much for listening out there, everybody. We'll do it uh, 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock uh, every day this week, Tuesday through Friday. So stick around. More fun to come. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow at 10. Don't be late.